everybody. I'm Robert Ring. That was Alone in the Chaos with our intro music. Today's date is September 23rd, 2015. You're listening to the Classic Gaming Podcast. Oh my god, stop talking. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And over there. This is Blake Corey. That's, that, he's lying actually. That's Jay Totoro. Blake. Yo, what up? Cool for us. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's usually the case, but uh, he's getting ready to go to TwitchCon and also apparently dealing with an entirely flooded apartment or or, or water-damaged apartment, I should say. Uh, So he's not going to be able to join us this time. We're going to have to see if we can do this without him. It's going to be hard. It's going to be pretty tough, but, you know, I'm not going to say we're going to do a good job. But but then again, we never really do a good job. So don't, don't set high expectations. Let's do it that way. <laughs> no, no, don't worry. I don't have high expectations. <laughs> uh, been up to anything cool, Jay? Not really. Just hanging out, relaxing. Starting to get cooler outside. And start doing outdoor activities. Dude, you live in Arizona. It is not. It is not starting to get cooler outside. All right. So uh, we're actually gonna do uh, before we get started on the normal stuff. There's something that I've been working on. And I'm super excited about, and we're going to start it right now. Uh, this is kind of an experimental thing. We haven't done anything like this. I think it's going to be really awesome. I hope it's going to be really awesome. Uh, but most of all, I just want to give it a shot and see how well it turns out. We're going to do a charity drive uh-huh. for a charity called After School All-Stars. Uh, if you're not familiar with After School All-Stars, this, was, uh, this, this is a charity that's actually uh, backed very heavily by Arnold Schwarzenegger. What After School All-Stars is, is it gives, they give kids who maybe like don't have a great home life or live in a bad neighborhood, uh, things like that. It gives them uh, after-school programs that keep them safe, uh, give them productive things to do, uh, some, you know, whether that's like, you know, uh, like giving them a place to do, like, to kind of, like, get their homework done or have mentors around or, like, go play basketball, things like that. Things to keep them uh, living a healthy lifestyle uh, and a productive and positive lifestyle if they're in a situation where uh, their their time after school might not otherwise be productive and healthy and, and just good in general. So um, I guess I'll get kind of maybe slightly serious for a second. Is that all right with you? Is it okay with you, Jay? Make it quick. I'll make it quick. So, like, when I was growing up, I feel like I had uh, plenty of opportunities. I had a, I had a good family life. I, li- I always did live in a good neighborhood. I had plenty of opportunities to kind of uh, pursue the things that I wanted to pursue, and I never had to worry about things like, you know, what what is what's it going to be like uh, when I get home or what's going to be going on that's, that's good, like what kind of – Dangerous things are going to be happening around me uh, in my time after school. and But there are a lot of kids who don't have that privilege uh, – that, that don't have that privilege of having a safe environment to be in once school is out. So that's kind of what drew me to this charity in the first place. I've, I've actually supported this charity for uh, – I've been really interested in them in about, for about the past two years. And this is kind of one of the main charities that I like to donate to. So that's kind of where I'm coming from on this. That's why I chose this one. Is this this one to me? Uh, this this one really speaks to me, and it's to me it's a way that I can just kind of once again help kids who maybe don't have uh, a lot of opportunities or or maybe have a tough life in general. 
uh, give them the opportunities they need to become well-rounded individuals, successful, well all, that, all that, all that, all that kind of great stuff. Um, serious parts over. The awesome parts coming up right now is the details of the charity drive that we're doing. So Jay, uh, I know I've gone over this with you a little bit. Uh, Blake has just kind of gotten some cursory details, so we'll have to catch him up on it later. Mm-hmm. But we're doing a charity drive uh, with prizes. I guess if for 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 the uh, gaming minded folk, it's sort of similar to Kickstarter is the way we're doing this, uh, kind of. So uh, I've set up a website at pixelnachos.com, and what you're going to do is you're going to go to pixelnachos.com, and you're going to donate from that site. Now, before I go any farther, I'll say when you're donating from pixelnachos.com, the money goes directly to After School All-Stars PayPal account. We don't handle the money and enter in, we don't like mediate it in any way. Uh, we don't take any percentage of the money that's donated. It's basically a donate button that takes you to PayPal to give a donation directly to After School All-Stars. So nothing to this is going to us and we're not holding on to it at any point in the process. Um, but what's awesome about this is that we're going to be giving out prizes to people who donate. So, uh, we're also, and we're also going to be matching donations. So what we're going to do is the classic gaming podcast is going to match. We're going to set sort of a modest goal this time and see how things turn out and maybe hopefully amp it up whenever we do this next time around, maybe next year, we're going to be uh, matching donations up to $800. So if we raise, you advise me about this, <laughs> <laughs> oh, listen to your money you're, you're, fronting, you're, you're fronting 75% of that, by the way, Jay. I, I didn't... <laughs> no, I, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm actually taking care of this. This is, this is sort of, I, w- once again, this is kind of me also donating at the same time. So sure. whatever you guys donate, I'll match it up to $800. Um, but the prizes we're going to be giving out is the coolest part, uh, for you guys, besides getting to help out after school all stars. So, We've set up tiers, and so first of all, every for every five dollars you donate, uh-huh. you get two tickets for the raffle that we're gonna. Shut up. It's gonna be Shut gonna up. prizes. Yeah, you get two tickets for five. Shut up. All, two. All it takes, all it takes to get to enter into the raffle is five bucks. To okay? get two tickets. Two tickets. Said? Yeah. So here. wait, all I have to do in order to get two tickets. <laughs> donate five dollars. Golly, I'm gonna have to. I'm going to have to cut, like, half of this out because it's taking me an hour just to explain what, what's going on right now. Well, you, you just keep explaining how to get two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you keep asking me. <laughs> so, uh, the two, so, so the two <laughs> prizes that we're starting off. Okay, so the grand prize is you get to appear on an episode of the Classic Gaming Podcast. For the You'll top get three. To be, well, you're going to get to be on the top three and the part where we discuss the games we played for that week. Okay. All right. So that's that's the grand prize. We're gonna randomly pick out of all of the uh, raffle tickets. One person, whoever we pick, uh, gets to appear on one episode of the Classic Gaming Podcast to discuss the games we played for that week, as well as our top three for that episode. Um, if if you win the prize and you don't want, you say, I don't really want to come on your crappy podcast. That's cool too. We'll just tell us and we'll, we'll pick just bring something. Blake back. 
<laughs> we'll just bring Blake back. Uh, the, another prize that we have is we're going to do a $50 uh, GOG package. So what we're going to do is uh, this is sort of like the second place prize. Uh, whoever gets whoever gets second place in the raffle, once again, just randomly picked. We're gonna we're gonna pick like top down. So the first pick we do is gonna be to appear on Classic Gaming Podcast. That way, the person with the most raffle tickets has the best chance of getting the best prize. Um, and uh, by the way, only one you can only win one prize. I was just the second prize. I was about to buy more. Never mind. <laughs> the second prize is a fifty dollar gog.com package. What, what we're gonna do is uh, me. Jay and Blake are going to pick a couple of our favorite games from GOG.com, uh, $50 worth of them, and just gift them to you. Um, But then there's also some cooler stuff you can get. So we've set up tiers for donating. Um, You can donate just $1 if you want. You You don't get anything besides just the satisfaction that you're helping out kids. Uh, That's cool. Wait, if you donate one dollar, you don't get to get one two tickets. You don't get any tickets if you donate one dollar. <laughs> if you donate five bucks, hey, and I've even given awesome titles to the tiers. You want to hear them? Oh god. The one dollar tier is Onion Night. Okay. Uh, I see there. I see yeah, there you go. Five dollar tier is Healer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, at five dollars and up, uh-huh. once again, you get two raffle tickets for every five dollars, and you also have your name listed on PixelNachos.com. As a supporter uh, of and contributor to After School All Stars, all right. So you uh-huh. get the raffle tickets and you get a little bit of rec- recognition. Uh-huh. Uh, at twenty five dollars, you reach the night tier. Damn. Uh, you still get two tickets for every five bucks. Plus, at this level, you get an additional five tickets just for the heck of it. Okay. You also get oh, okay. you also get your name listed on the site as a contributor. Uh. If you want to donate 50 bucks, that's the Black Mage level, huh? Getting sick right now, isn't it? Illist. Isn't it? These are probably lame, but it's the best that I could come up with. Well, do that or you're going to name all the ranks Snake, Solid Snake, Moist <laughs> oh. Snake. Dude, I didn't even think of that. I'll go I'll go back and edit those names back in. Oh, my God. Um, if you donate 50 bucks, once again, you get uh, two tickets for every five bucks, plus... You get an additional 20 tickets thrown in. Um, then you get listed on the site as a contributor, and we will also read your name aloud in a special thank you section of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Damn. That's limited to the first uh, 50 people. Okay? Can I just donate 50 times right now and just like have you read my name 50 times? Nope, because you only count as one person. <laughs> wow. But if you donate 50 times and you do at least $2 each of those 50 times, then you reach the maximum tier, which is the final boss. This is uh, if you donate $100 or more. Uh-huh. Uh, same thing for every 5 bucks, you get two raffle tickets. We'll also throw in uh, 75 tickets on top of whatever, whatever else you get. Um, we will list your name on the site. We'll read your name aloud in, a, in the thank you section on an episode of the Classic Gaming Podcast. But not just that. We'll make Blake do it in his God Mode voice <laughs> sound effect. So it'll sound super cool. And you'll be super awesome if you donate 100 bucks or more. Nice. Now, there's one more little thing that we're doing here. Oh, no. This is really, good. This is really going on. But wait, there's more. <laughs> there is more. 
we're setting I've set up a I've set up achievements uh-huh. where if we reach certain levels of donation, we're gonna unlock more prizes. Okay? So uh-huh. in addition to uh one person getting to appear on the Classic Gaming Podcast, one person getting a fifty dollar gog.com little gift of games from us. We're gonna start throwing stuff in as we reach certain donation levels. The first achievement comes at two hundred dollars. Okay? okay. Once again, modest goals. Because uh we're we're a modest group of guys. Yeah, yeah, sure. If we reach two hundred dollars, uh-huh. then there's gonna be a third winner. Once again, randomly chosen from the raffle. And this person, we're gonna order them a pizza. Oh dude, I'm so down for that. Can I pick the <laughs> toppings? Like if they're allergic to fish, can you I get just, like, it? Fish? No, no, no. They get to pick the toppings. You, oh, they, what? To, yeah, listen to that. I mean, this is a deal. You even get to pick the toppings of the pizza we're going to order you. Within so, reason. Um, within $800, right? Within, within $800. Can you put dollar bills on that pizza? So so that's kind of like the dumb uh, first achievement that 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 I set. If we raise 200 bucks, which I definitely hope we can at least get that much, we're going to throw in the prize. We're going to order somebody a pizza. If we raise $300... We're gonna pick a uh, somebody gets to pick a, a game for Jay to play for the podcast. Oh, why me? Why me? Because it's you. Um, God, we're gonna say to... we're gonna say he'll put a minimum of three hours into it. Okay, does that sound does that sound reasonable? Why do I suddenly That's... have a lot of free time? <laughs> three <laughs> hours. There you go. You can do Jesus. that, right? Please pick Metal Gear Solid. If you donate, if we raise four hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Then the next prize we're gonna throw in is somebody gets to pick a game for me to play. Now I'm really offended. If now we I'm raise, you. if we raise, <laughs> if we raise five hundred dollars, you there, uh, the next prize thrown in is that someone will get to pick a game for Blake to play. Wow, so Blake is the high tier. Okay, okay. Blake's the high tier because I figured he would be the most angry about having to play a game. Why and not I haven't, just make it so we all have to at that we point? We haven't we we haven't run this by Blake, by the way. So Blake, yeah, this is going to go well. I'm sure he's going to really like this. Um, and then the last achievement that I set up is if we raise seven hundred dollars, uh-huh. then uh, instead of then for me for my game that somebody gets to pick instead of picking a game for me to play, they'll pick any console and three games for that console, however obscure. Or whatever, and I have to go buy that console, buy those three games, and play all three games for the podcast. How much you want to bet they're going to tell you to buy a game they're selling on like eBay for a lot of money? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have the, to have three the copies limit, of Final Fantasy One. The limit that I've placed is that it has to be under the total of all of this has to be around or under six hundred dollars. I don't think we're. I mean, you would have a hard time getting that high. You'd have to re- re- pick some really rare stuff. I can get, get close to that. Don't you worry about that. Oh, I, that's you can do it. Picking rare <laughs> stuff. Oh, I love you, Robert. But I have to, just because I have to set a limit. We're gonna say that the limit of stuff that I'm gonna buy is gonna be 600 bucks. Uh, you can choose awesome games. You can choose terrible games. Choose whatever you want. But pick a console. Three games for it. I'm gonna go out and buy them all and play them all for the podcast. That's the prize. That's the other. That's the last prize that's thrown in. That's if we raise seven hundred dollars. Sound good? Sounds good to me. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess that's pretty much it. Um, if you go to pixelnachos.com, 
Uh, it's ever, all the info is right there on the homepage. There's a big green box you'll see at the top of the screen where you can pick What's your What's in the box, Robert? <laughs> it's got numbers for in dollar amounts. You can, you can pick one of the dollar amounts for one of the tiers or you can enter your own amount. There's a very obvious donate button. Click it and it takes you straight to PayPal. Um, and then once you send the money, uh, we take care of everything from there. This is going on until October 30th. Okay. So October 30th, at the end of the day, we're closing, uh, we're closing the drop. Is a holiday? 30, the 31st is a holiday. Ah, okay. At, at the end of the day on October 30th, we're not taking any more donations. Go ahead and just donate right now. Get in before you forget. Like, if you're, if you are at a computer right now, pause this podcast. Go to pixelnachos.com, donate some money to After School All Stars. Go ahead and get in, uh, get your donation in so that you can get thrown into the raffle. Uh, donate however much you're able to. Obviously, the more you, you donate, the better chance you have of winning a sick prize and appearing on our stupid podcast. Am I right? I'm glad Blake's not here today. This, this would have been an insanely long one. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. This is not going to be a three-hour one because we only have two people. No, I can't even do that. No way. I will fall asleep yeah. before we get to two hours. But um, yeah, I think that covers it. I don't want to go on for too long, but but just just I just ask you once again just to consider this. This is an, this is an awesome charity. I really love them. I'm gonna. I, I hope that we can show them that we can raise a ton of money for the stuff that they do. And hopefully do this on a regular basis where we can keep offering people prizes, keep doing fun stuff like this. Um, it's an awesome cause. It's super, super easy. Once again, pixelnachos.com. Go donate some money right now. If you're in your car listening to this, like write a note on your hand so you can remember to do it when you get to work. Um, I'll, I'll be tweeting about it a little bit as well. But uh, I think that pretty much says it. I hope we can, uh, I hope we can raise a little bit of money for After School All-Stars. Um, also, we're sorry that this episode was super late. We had like 20 delays from 20 different people. Um, I was hoping to start this drive last week, but it didn't happen. I'm going to try to get this podcast up as soon as possible, hopefully tomorrow after we record it. So, uh, sorry for the delay also. But let's jump into news since I'm doing my thing where I start to ramble. I'm going to skip like half the things that I had just so we can get a move on. Uh, System Shock 1 is out on GOG now. I saw that. Yeah, it's uh, apparently they have – it's also – there's an enhanced edition. If you buy it, you get the original version as well as the enhanced edition. I think the enhanced version just has, like, uh, slightly improved graphics. I'm pretty sure that's the only change. Um, but you can choose to play either the – it's not, like, a crazy enhanced, like, the way LucasArts did some of their games, uh, some of the Monkey Island games. It's, like – Slightly improved graphics, uh, but but you but they also have the original version. You just buy the one thing and you can play it either way. Uh, Final Fantasy V is coming out on Steam uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow, as we record this, uh, September twenty fourth, it'll probably be out by the time you're listening to this. Jay, do you have any experience with Final Fantasy V? Uh, let me Google on. I gotta think about this. Final Fantasy V. Hold on a second. Do here. I know what Final Fantasy V is? is a little bit, uh, not a lot. I played the Game Boy version, and it was pretty good, but it's been a long time. Was it Game Boy Advanced? Uh, <laughs> let me Google this. Hold on. Uh, <laughs> yes, it was. Okay. 
Uh-huh. Well, which one? It was which one? DS? No, GBA. Okay. What I've read is that the version that's on Steam is like a port of the... Or it has a lot of the features of the Game Boy Advanced version. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's got like the graphics, I think, are a little bit better than the original version. Uh, they don't look terrible like they did on the Final Fantasy VI release. Uh, or re-release. Um, but anyway, that's out. What else? Nintendo got their new president. Oh, Tatsumi. did they? I didn't hear about this. Yes, Tatsumi Kimishimiya. Um, he was he, he was president of Nintendo of America from 2002 to 2006, and uh, so they're going to be replacing uh, Iwata with him. Okay. Um, a game for Nintendo has come out. Excuse me? You hear about this? No. The, the original NES, a, comp- a uh, publisher called Ludosity has oh. released a game called Quest Forge by Order of Kings. And this is oh, very uh, unique. An- <laughs> <laughs> it's Quest and King in the title. Ooh. It, it does sound a little bit generic. Um, uh, it's ki- Apparently it's sort of like a Zelda-like RPG. Um, and it's straight up an NES cartridge. You can buy like just the cartridge. I think it's like 35 bucks or like you can buy it in box for 50 or something like that. I have to imagine they're going to eventually release this digitally. Oh, I guarantee it's already digitally on. No, it's not. It is not. Well, I mean, if you pirate it. I was going to say, I guarantee I can find it in 15 minutes or less. But I'm talking about a, but I'm just talking about a real release. Once again, I'm sure it'll come out digitally at some point, but right now it's only, for Nintendo. Uh, Red Alert 2. That was a classic game. Mm-hmm. That game? Fun Did you ever play that? Alert. Yeah, I love Red Alert. Great series. Uh, it's free right now. Oh, okay, I might uh, download it. It's on, well, it's on Origin. EA. Oh, it means you have to download their stupid-ass client like Steam. Yeah. No, it's it, it, Steam is a good client. Origin is a get-in-the-way client. They're both good um, clients. Well, so, I mean, Steam does arguably to some extent. Origin does not really have any redeeming qualities. Uh, at least in my experience with it. But anyway, they do, uh, their, their one redeeming quality is that they offer, they call them on the house deals pretty regularly. We've talked about some of them on the podcast mm-hmm. before. Right now, Red Alert 2. So if you get this, uh, if you get on there shortly after listening to this podcast, after you're done donating to Pixel Nachos or through PixelNachos.com, uh, then you can go to Origin and download Red Alert 2 for free. This actually, um, so they they announced this a couple days ago that it was uh, available for free, mm-hmm. and so many people downloaded it that it crashed their servers and they had to replace the deal with uh, Theme Hospital. Wow, this like, is not an EA thing at all, man. <laughs> no. Like, yeah. <laughs> Jesus, like this company, like they just don't do anything smart. Like God, I will say that they, giving giving away games is cool. Yeah, why they are they giving away games? Hold on a minute. It's not like they're doing it out of the kindness of their heart. No, I'm not. Well, but no company does every does anything out of the kindness of their hearts. True, but they are just horrid. Like I agree. No, I agree. I like agree. they would murder EA. babies. <laughs> EA, EA is not a good company. I don't like EA as any more than you do. 
But if they're gonna offer me a free game, I'm gonna take it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. You with me on that? Yep. So, game. so anyway, they had, so they, so they, when that crashed their servers, they took that offer down and put, uh, put up Theme Hospital instead for like a day or a couple days or something. But Red mm-hmm. Alert 2 is back now. As far as I know, it's still back and you can get it for, uh, probably, I think it's like for the next month or so. Um, let's see, another classic game is out on GOG now, Starship Titanic, which is a Douglas Adams game, interestingly. He's, uh, of course, the, uh, author of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Obviously. He had a game come out a long time ago called Starship Titanic. Mm-hmm. I've never played it. It doesn't look all that great, honestly. It looks sort of like a Mist type game, but I love Mist, but this doesn't look like a good version of a Mist type game. But again, I'm going basic, I'm going purely on screenshots, so I could be terribly wrong. I'm just saying at a glance, I was like, eh, I don't think I'm interested in this. But, check it out, Starship Titanic. Cool. Um, let's see. Okay, two more things real quick. Donkey Kong. Did you Wait, know that the that's, there's, a, there's a game called Donkey Kong. Really? No, hold on a you're, second. I gotta Google this. You hold play on. Mario in Donkey Kong. Did you know that? Hold on. You're, okay, don't, you don't have to make stuff up to sound interesting. It's this classic game called Donkey Kong. Hey, get this, he's not even a donkey. Or a he's Kong. A giant monkey. Or he's oh a Kong. Oh my god. He's a they giant monkey. He's so good. Alright, so anyway. <laughs> uh, Donkey Kong, you know, there's kind of been a world record battle going on ever since, uh, well, I guess before the uh the King of Kong documentary came out that kind of highlighted this battle uh 6 or 7 or 8 years ago. It was the battle for the high score in Donkey Kong is what I'm talking about. It was uh Billy Mitchell and Steve Weeby who were sort of like the two top Donkey Kong players going back and forth trying to break each other's high scores. Um from what I can tell they're not really even in the picture anymore. There are from from what I saw, the top like eight high scores, they're not even in them anymore. But uh, a few days ago, or about a week ago, they uh, DonkeyKongForum.com held the Donkey Kong Open 2015, <laughs> which was just a uh, contest to see who can like score the most points. The <laughs> world record was broken uh-huh. by a guy named Wes Copeland. Okay. Um, he got what they said was like basic. So he, he basically, basically played the game as good as you could. He got to like, as far as you can get in the game on without losing one guy. So his score was 1,170,100. Two hours later, somebody beat his score. What the heck, dude? Robbie Lakeman is his name. He beat his score by... About 2,000 points. Uh, craziness, apparently. If you're into Donkey Kong. So right now, so that was kinda weird that somebody broke the high score, which was already phenomenally high, basically impossible to break. Somebody broke it, somebody else broke it two hours after he did. Wow. And then finally, this really isn't news, but it's just something really interesting that I read. Um, Coincidentally, as you'll see why in a minute, the 25th or the 25th birthday, what Ron Gilbert's calling it, of Monkey Island was about two weeks ago. 
Monkey Island turned 25. Are you proud of it? Are you are you as proud of Monkey Island as no. I am, Jay? No, Robert, I'm not. I'm sorry. Nobody is. Um, no. Nobody is as much as I am, is what I mean. Okay. I was going to say, uh, well. But so Ron Gilbert, which was like a uh, writer slash developer uh, for the original Monkey Island, as well as uh, a ton of great games. We've had him. We've actually interviewed him on the podcast before. He wrote a uh, on his blog, GrumpyGamer.com. He wrote a little post about uh, making Monkey Island. And it, it wasn't so much about the design of the game as it was like the, the, the technicalities of, of making the game and making games in general back then and how mm-hmm. much things have changed. Mm-hmm. He was talking about, like, whenever you had a new build of the game, you know, nowadays everybody's on a network and you, uh, like, you, like, push all the changes and then there's a new, like, master build that everybody's working from. You just pull it down onto your computer and you start working. Mm-hmm. Um, back then, whenever they had a new build that they had to test, he had to spend hours burning multiple, cause you know, like, one game would be like five floppy disks. Yep. So, so he would have to copy, he would spend hours copying the game Onto five, onto five, uh, floppy disks for the entire development team. So we had to do it for five disks for each individual person. Mm-hmm. Whenever there was a new, uh, a new build that they had to test and work on and stuff. So that was kind of interesting just to think of how ridiculously time consuming that process was. But the, uh, the best part of his post was he was talking about like, uh, when it was like crunch time and the game has basically gone gold and they've sent it off to the manufacturers and stuff. Um, if they, they did like super hardcore, uh, bug testing right before that, they continued to do bug testing after that. And if they found a bug at that point, it was like the process was so hard to reverse at that point that it had to be a seriously game breaking bug for them to, uh, like do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if a situation like that arose, they didn't have time to ship the discs to, uh, Europe for the for the European manufacturers. So what they would do in cases where something like that came up last second and they had to get you know these physical floppy disks over to Europe for the manufacturers. Uh I'll uh, I'll read you I'll, I'll read you this this quote from his blog post. Uh the builds destined for Europe were going to be duplicated in Europe and we needed to get the gold master over there and if anything slipped there wasn't enough time to mail them. So we drive down to the airport find a flight headed to London, walk to the gate, and ask a passenger if they would mind carrying the floppy disks for us and someone would meet them at the other side. The fuck? <laughs> That's insane. That was when you, first of all, could just walk up to a gate without having a ticket. Yep. And now and imagine going and being like, hey, can you take this package for me? Uh, yeah. Got a guy who's going to meet you on the other side. He's got a bomb! That wouldn't... That wouldn't go over too well, I don't think, anymore. Oh, no. That was... No, dude. The people at the airport <laughs> love stuff like that. They they, they <laughs> love jo- Like, I was at the airport recently, and I said, <laughs> gate C4, and they really like that one. You know? <laughs> You're probably going to be arrested before we're even done recording this podcast just for saying that. That's fine. Yeah, it'll be cool. You'll be all right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm done saying as many things as fast as I possibly sure? can. Because I'm pretty sure you said that last time, and then you just went off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let you talk about your game first. Oh, my God. So I can take a break from talking. People can hear somebody else's voice <clears throat> besides mine. Yeah, my, my voice is dying. Your voice is dying. I highly doubt that. What are you trying to say, Robert? 
I've said uh, because you've said like ten things so far in the podcast. What do you What are you trying to say, Robert? It probably sounds like you've said like five things to the listeners because I've had to edit most of it out. It's true because you just keep I silencing know. me. Fucking. Do you know freedom of speech, is, Robert? <laughs> Talk about your game. Okay, so for this week, actually, I played it like a while ago, like two weeks ago, but uh, you know, with yeah. the whole. <laughs> you were like, yeah, I know. Um, I play. Have you ever played Worms, the games? No, no, I haven't. So Worms is like a really. They made like they've had like four or five different titles. And when I was a kid, we used to play Worms Armageddon a lot, which is like this multiplayer game. And uh, they, the first one was good. It was like really exciting when, when Worms uh, Armageddon came out because it was like really uh, focused on multiplayer. And uh, Worms Armageddon 2 is the one that I actually played, and it's like a much more refined version of the game. And so how the game actually works is like you basically obviously control worms, right? But they're like these really cartoony kind of like... Look, they kind of look like Earthworm Jim's head. You know what I'm talking about? Like just with yeah, like yeah, the yeah. worm and the eyes. And uh, they have all these different weapons. And it's a turn-based game, so you control like in a battlefield. There's like in the battlefield, there's like six or seven worms, something like that, like five worms. And then you take turns controlling one worm, and um, it's the same order, but you don't so get to like pick which one. You... Yeah, strategy. Exactly. But like you have like an arsenal of weapons, and your turn ends either when your timer runs out. Or you take damage or cause damage. And you have, like, the maps... You have to Google to say the Google but the maps are completely destructible. So you can take out, like, a rocket launcher and blow a hole in the ground. And then, like, drop a grenade down there. And then, like, jump somewhere else. And you can, like, do all this. Nice. Or you can just, like, shoot a rocket up in the air and hit somebody. Like, you move until, like, you either take damage or you deal damage. So there's, like, a lot of strategy involved. And you have, like, a grappling hook. You have grenades. You have machine gun. You have... A melee ranged weapon. You can like punch somebody, and there's just a variety of uh, stuff that people have like figured out over time. Like you can like use certain abilities and dig straight down and dig a hole and then throw somebody down the hole or something like that. Like like you can instantly kill people, and that's like the entire purpose of the game. And it's just crazy fun. Like it, I played for like hours with a couple of my friends uh, like a week and a half ago, and it's been a long time since I played the game. And um, yeah, it's just really fun. The sound effects are really really goofy, and it's very cartoony, and the maps are completely ridiculous and you can just sh- like random shit happens too there's like airstrikes you, you can have like map effects happen and stuff and, and it's so, just wait, insane this, this hmm? came out when uh 1999 sorry i got to say that okay what 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 was it what platform was it uh, uh i played it on computer let me see worms Arm. yeah i know it's like been ported to pretty much everything yeah uh two let's see um let's see Oh, no, sorry. I played the first one. What am I talking about? Two came out way later. Oh, you did play the first one. Yeah, it was the first one. The second one came out recently. And the first one is just called... Is it just called Worms? Yeah, it's just called Worms Armageddon. Worms Armageddon? Yeah, it came out in 99. Yeah, yeah, it's called Worms Armageddon. It's like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, It came out for... Let's see. Microsoft Windows, PlayStation, PlayStation 3, they ported it over, (laughs) N64, Dreamcast, Game Boy, and... Yeah. But I played on computer and like... Okay. Yeah. This was was primarily a platform... Like a console game. It was, yeah. I mean, it, I played on computer for the most part, even when I was a kid. But I also N sixty four wasn't bad because you know M sixty four was the party party fucking bus, right? Like you had so many, you had four controllers and oh and, yeah, yeah. Do you remember trying to set up four controllers on a fucking PlayStation? You had to have two of those stupid things. Yeah. Oh, I hated those things. Yep. But um, yeah, it's a really fun game. The music's all right. Graphics are whatever. Like I, the graphics don't really matter. Like when when your worm dies, it's kind of funny and stuff. 
Um, there's definitely some bullshit stuff that you can do in the game, and like sometimes mechanics don't work the same if you try them multiple times, which is kind of irritating. But for the most part, it's just goofy and fun. And if you go into it the mindset of just like let's see what fucking random stuff can happen, that's that's what you're gonna get out of it because that's pretty much oh. what I got. Hopefully, if you're playing a game called Worms, that's a strategy war game where worms battle each other, you're not going to be taking it too seriously. I don't know, man. People are people are pretty serious. People do. People do. People do. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. But hopefully, some shit seriously. I have I've heard a lot of good stuff about the Worms. It's really fun, man. It's series. really fun. Like, I don't know. It was it was a nice change of pace. Like my friend was just like, "Hey, do you want to play this game?" And I'm like, "It's been a long time." Like I don't know. He's like, "Oh, I just bought like four copies. Do you want to play?" I'm like. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, it was really fun. Awesome. Yeah, I had a good time. Cool. Yep. Well, I played a point-and-click adventure game. I know you guys. Oh, surprise! Know you listeners out there have been waiting for me to go back to my roots. I felt a little bit of nostalgia doing it. Uh, it's been a while since I played one, so I decided to go back to one that I haven't played in a very long time, but that I have extremely fond memories of. Which is Monkey Island 2. Oh, yeah. Chucks. I was waiting for you to play this game. Like, me and Blake talked about it like multiple times. We're like, dude, what's Robert doing? Did he have like a stroke and just forget? <laughs> Monkey Island 2 LeChuck's Revenge is the name of go. the game. Uh, this is PC point and click adventure game. Came out in 91. Uh-huh. A mere one year after the first Monkey Island. Wow, that's actually really impressive. It is really impressive. Um,. And so uh, the way I remembered this game was being uh, basically just better all around than the first Monkey Island, which I absolutely loved. That's surprising. Um, the so so I was kind of interested going back to it now as to whether you know that was just kind of me being super excited about it at the time, or sure. whether it's you know actually better. Or what I actually remember, we bought this game. And like my, and like we got home and it was, it was a weekday and my parents told me that I had to finish my homework before I could go play it. I, hated I was about to that, like, dude. Oh dude, I was about to have a freaking heart attack. Yeah. Try to get my homework done. This is, cause this was like one of the most excited I had ever been to play a video game. Um, so Monkey Island, uh, so, so just to kind of give you some background, if you're not familiar with Monkey Island 1, if you missed the episode where I talked for an hour and 45 minutes about it, probably. Yeah, you did. <clears throat> Monkey Island 1, you you play a character called, uh, his name is Guybrush Threepwood, and he just wants to become a pirate, or he wants to become a mighty pirate, specifically. And uh, you get kind of, you, you, you start off just by talking to other pirates and finding out what you gotta do to become a pirate yourself. You get caught up in a, in like a ghost pirate situation where there's this, uh, uh, ghost pirate LeChuck who's kind of like the chief villain of the game. There's kind of a, uh, little bit of a love story with you and another character. I won't, I won't give too much away even though Spoilers. it's not a spoiler. It's not really a spoiler, but I'll, I'll I'm going to leave as much open Thanks, as possible. Robert. Um, so, um, <laughs> if you couldn't, if, if you didn't guess by the title, uh, by the subtitle, LeChuck's Revenge, you do get the best of LeChuck at the end of Monkey Island 1. Uh, I'm wow. sorry, that that's, that's a very minor spoiler. You do, even though he's a ghost pirate, you, I, I guess I, you, you don't kill LeChuck, you destroy LeChuck, the ghost pirate, at the end of Monkey Island 1. Um, 
So Monkey Island 2 actually starts off perfectly. So you're playing Guybrush Threepwood once again. And now, like, he actually looks kind of like a pirate. Like, he's got a real cool, like, pirate coat. And he's got facial hair this time. And uh, he, like, like in the first Monkey Island, he ba- he looked like a wimp. And in this game, he he's like, you could actually see and be like, okay, yeah, that that looks like a, that guy that guy could be a pirate. But the funny part is, um, everyone either doesn't care that he killed LeChuck or they don't actually believe that he killed LeChuck. So like, even though like he basically accomplished everything he wanted to, he became a mighty pirate in Monkey Island One. He killed LeChuck, the ghost pirate, who's kind of like the worst villain ever to roam the earth. Seven seas. Uh, oh. In the seven seas, I was about to say it. This game starts off with him saying, hey, you guys, he's talking to like some of his friends and he's like, hey, you guys want to hear about when I killed LeChuck? And they're like, no, we don't want to hear it again. And then like other people are just like, oh, yeah, LeChuck. Yeah, I heard that he uh, drank too much root beer and burped and exploded or something like that. So it's it's it keeps the humor alive in that nobody once again, nobody cares or believes that you killed LeChuck. Um, but. What Guybrush wants to do this time is find a legendary treasure called uh, the Big Whoop. And so you're on, you start off on uh, an island called Scab Island. You're trying to charter a boat to go off and sail off and find the Big Whoop. Uh, the, the first problem you encounter is that there's this one guy who kind of runs the whole, the whole island. He's kind of like a mini-villain. His name is uh, Largo Lagrande. And he has an embargo on people leaving the island. Um, and basically, it, you, nobody can leave the island. So the first kind of act of the game is you doing things to, to figure out a way to charter a boat, get off the island so you can start looking for the treasure. Um, the Once you do that, then you find out that there's four separate... The, the, the map to Big Whoop has been torn into four pieces... So you spend most of the game trying to find those four pieces of the map on uh, two other islands. Um, and then the last part of the game consists of you going and finding the treasure and seeing what happens then. Uh, the the game mechanics are the same. It's the old super classic point-and-click style where you have at the bottom of the screen, you have all your verbs. You have uh, talk to, look at, open, push, pull, use, pick up, that kind of stuff. You have your inventory. And what you're go, what you're doing is you're going around talking to characters, finding items, uh, using various items in creative ways, uh, to try to, like, get people to do things. Like, uh, like, like one of the things you need to do is get a job at, at the kitchen that this bartender runs. And you gotta figure out, like, but he already, he's already hired someone. So, like, one of the puzzles is you gotta figure out, like, how to get that guy fired so you can get the job, so you can get money to charter a boat. Things like that. Um, the way it differs from Monkey Island 1 is that it's incre- it's much, much more difficult. In Monkey Island 1, uh, it was, there were always clues and hints that would kind of, like, not outright hints, like, go do this, but, like, you might talk to somebody and they kind of give you a hint like, oh, yeah, I heard like such and such thing. And it might kind of give you a clue as to what kind of thing you might need to try doing uh, in order to uh, 
you know, figure out the answer to this or that puzzle. In Monkey Island 2, there's a lot less of that, and also a lot of the puzzles are a bit more random. So, this is a hard, hard game. Uh, especially once you start looking for the pieces of the map, you're sort of just thrown out into the wild, and you kind of find out where a couple of the pieces of the map are at first, but you're not quite sure how to get them. And then there's a lot of things where, like, there might there's there might be doors that you don't know if you're supposed to be able to unlock at this or that point in the game. So you might, like, spend too much time trying to do something that you can't even do yet. It doesn't give you enough clues for you to know what you're supposed to be doing. And at the same time, it gives you a lot of things that you might potentially have to do something with. Sure. So it makes it kind of frustrating because you don't know what you need to be spending time on trying to figure out or what's just there just because they felt like putting it there in the game. <laughs> um, I actually got a little bit frustrated at some of these times because, like I said, Monkey Island 1 was a little bit friendly, friendlier, whereas it was always clear like whether something was important. Uh, in this game, it's not. There's also like several items you get uh, which you never use in the game. At all, period. Which is really weird for a point-and-click adventure game. Usually, the kind of the rule, like the unspoken rule is, if you get an item, then you're going to need that at some point in the game. Uh, this throws you off, because you have, like, multiple items that you'll never use, so you'll be trying to use those on this or that thing, but they're just there, basically, for no reason at all. Um, I'll give you... So, so I'll give you my biggest example of the puzzle that I got the most frustrated with. Um, it's not there. There is one infamous puzzle in this game. That's kind of known for the same thing that I'll just refer to by name. If you played the game, you know it, it's the monkey wrench puzzle, which is pretty ridiculous. But the one that made me the most frustrated was I'm going to set a uh, two minute spoiler timer on this one. So if you don't want the game, oh, if you don't want this God. part, if you don't want this part of the game spoiled, go ahead and skip two minutes ahead. Uh, so starting now, so there's a drinking contest. You have to do this one guy. Um, when you go to his house, he, he, he's, he, this guy owns one of the pieces to the map that you're trying to get. And he says, okay, if you beat me in a drinking contest with this super ridiculous, uh, drink that I have access to, then I'll give you, or even if you can just drink this without passing out, then I'll give you the piece of the island. Of course, if you just like sit down and say, okay, and drink it, guy brush passes out and wakes up later. Nothing happens. Uh, I remembered that you had to... Part of the puzzle involved pouring the drink out into a tree that's in the room. So, like, he'll bring you your drink, and then he's like, okay, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get mine. So, he goes and does that. If you walk off uh, and then uh, pour your drink into the tree, then uh, he comes back and says, oh, you've already drank yours. Let me go get you another one. So, that doesn't work. He just goes and gets you another drink. All right. Another thing you can do is there's another bar in a different point of the game where you can buy drinks from him and you can take him with you and you can pour out the drink and then fill up your cup with one of your drinks. And I thought that was going to work, but uh, it doesn't. He says, oh, yours is, a, yours is a funny color. It must have gone bad. Let me go get you another one. Now, one of the other things you can do at the other bars, you can get three different drinks that are multiple that are three different colors. You can also mix those drinks to make other colors. So like the drinks you can get from this other bar are red, yellow, and blue. 
You can mix those to make, of course, orange, green, or purple. All right? Okay. I tried every single color combination, and uh, none of them worked. He, every single time he said, oh, yours is, yours is a weird color. Let me go. It must have gone bad. Let me go get you another one. Uh, <laughs> so there's our two-minute spoiler timer. I still have, like, <laughs> one, one more minute God to damn go because – the puzzle, I'm sorry, the puzzle is so ridiculous, I have to tell you what it is. So, I'm sitting there trying to figure out what in the world I'm supposed to do. Like, I've tried every combination of these other drinks, uh, and nothing works right. What you have to do, I'm going to set a uh, one-more-minute puzzle timer. <laughs> I mean, puzzle timer. One-more-minute spoiler timer starting now. What you have to do is on a whole other island, there's a wanted poster with your head on it. Uh, but you're walking around the island free at this point. You've been wanted, but you got free. So there's no reason to think that you need to do anything about the wanted poster anymore. But you do. What you have to do is put this girl's picture on your wanted poster. She gets put in jail. You go to jail, grab an envelope that contains her belongings from when she got put in jail. In that envelope is a non-alcoholic grog. You have to take that and pour that in the cup. To win the drinking contest. The fuck? The other so color stupid. mixing stuff doesn't do anything whatsoever. It'll let you do it all day long, but it does not get you anywhere in the puzzle. But it makes you think that it's going to do something because he always refers to the color being off. Yeah, what? So that puzzle made me a little bit angry. Um, I... I the, the game is still a very good game. I still love Monkey Island 2. Uh, it's, it's a beautiful game also. I, I should, I should mention the graphics. Monkey Island 1 looked fantastic. Monkey Island 2 looks so good. It is just, like, a pleasure to look at, like, the scenes, like, the environments of each part of the game. Uh, everything is really colorful. Everything looks just really nice. The, uh, they, the, on the special edition version of this game where you can play with the updated graphics or the original graphics, both versions look amazing, just as they do in the first one. The special edition graphics do it absolute justice. They look so good. Um, also on the special edition, the uh, the voice acting is fantastic, and the commentary is very well done. So there's commentary for the special edition, and it's got uh, Ron Gilbert, and uh, oh God, I always forget his name. Uh, Double Fine, you know, I know you don't know. Yeah, I was going to say. Tim Schafer, Tim Schafer. Uh, uh, Ron Gilbert, Tim Schafer, and I'm very embarrassed to say I don't remember the other guy's name, but they do commentary on certain parts of the game. And normally when I'm playing games, uh, I don't like to have the commentary on because obviously I want to hear what's going on in the game. But they handle it really well in this one. Uh, One thing that you can do is pause it, so that the game stops, but they keep on talking about, like, this or that part of the game. Um, you can also, like, every time you go to an area, you have the option to turn the commentary on. So you can, like, be in an area and, like, do whatever you need to do. And then, like, once you're done, walk back to that area and then turn on the commentary and then just sit there and wait so you can hear what they had to say. So you can actually listen to the commentary without it really being obtrusive in the game at all. That was really cool. Um, I think that pretty much does it. I will say the ending is really, really, it has a really strong ending. Uh, I was very happy with the way it ended. 
Um, once again, the game is much harder than Monkey Island 1. Uh, it's a, it's a bit more unfair than Monkey Island 1. There's a, there's a lot, there's, there is less logic to the puzzles and fewer, like, there's a lot less direction. And even Ron Gilbert, when I interviewed him, uh, about Thimbleweed Park, which is the project that he's working on now, we talked about Monkey Island a little bit. And he actually said the exact same thing. He said that he had recently replayed Monkey Island 2 and he was a little bit, uh, disappointed in a lot of the, in some of the decisions they made because there are a lot of points of the game where there's like not much direction at all. Like you don't know what you're do- supposed to be doing. You don't know how you're supposed to do this or that. And there's no clues or hints kind of just sort of pointing you in the right direction, you know? Sure. Which can really make uh, point and click adventure games frustrating if you come to a complete dead end like that and you just don't know what to do. But overall, I still love the game. It's I still consider it a very good game. It's just it's just a little bit merciless at, <laughs> at some points. But that's what we have walkthroughs for, right? Exactly. Do you got to Google that shit now? Mm-hmm. Did I go on for less than 45 minutes? I don't think so. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I'm used to it now. Um, as always, the dialogue is funny. The characters are funny. Uh, I may have not really conveyed that very well. This, the, the whole game is, it's a, like, comedy adventure game. It's, there, there's a lot of funny stuff that happens all the way through. Um, great game. Super hard game. Let's move on before I repeat myself yet again. What questions do you have for me about it, Jay? Oh, God. Do I need to ask questions <laughs> about it? <laughs> I don't feel like there's nothing that I can Shall ask. We- Show you already know everything there is to know about the game. Pretty, Pretty much. much, I don't even have to play it. That's how much I know about it. <laughs> in that case, let's move on. Um, I will say, Monkey Island. <laughs> this, this isn't about the game. I want to go back and just just something that I've said on the podcast before is that Monkey Island One is my favorite game. Uh, Monkey Island Two, I feel like, is a little bit better of a game. I have to say now, after replaying this and replaying Monkey Island 1 uh, last year, that I have to say that Monkey Island 1 is the better game than out of these two. It's my favorite. It is also, I have to I have to say, it is better than Monkey Island 2. But I don't want to take away from it, Monkey Island 2 is still awesome. Nice. Let's go to top threes. So that people can hear me talk some more about. Oh my god. <clears throat> oh, let me put mine in order. Hold on one sec. Just stop for some second. Okay. Hold on one second here. One, two, three. Oh, I'm good. I already have it. Right. I've got five that yep. in order. So I'm going to have two. Wait, I thought we were doing three. Like, honorable. Yeah, we're doing. No, no. I'm just okay. got two honorable. I only have one honorable mentions. You want to talk about them beforehand? I, I don't mind. Uh, wait, wait, wait. This is best mechanics of old school games, correct? No, <laughs> this is worst. Oh, my God. I did best mechanics. <laughs> I knew I was like thinking about I'm like I'm like didn't we? It was so funny. I was like looking at him earlier. And I'm like, didn't we do this before? We didn't. Do, we haven't done that. before. Oh, we talked about it before. I don't think we've uh, talked about it before. Oh no, you're just trying to give yourself excuses right now. It uh, was always worst mechanics we've we've encountered. Damn. Do you need it? Well, we're doing opposites. Take, do you want to take a break? Oh, there's no like, way I could come up with them in that amount of time. Are you kidding me? Is there is there anything that you can think of that's that's a terrible mechanic that you've come across? I 
I don't know. I, I'd have to think like legitimately. <laughs> oh wow. We could just do polar opposites. Fight each other. I I, I think we're gonna have to. <laughs> I I think you're gonna lose. Um okay, so apparently we're doing <laughs> Well without Blake here shit just falls apart apparently. I, I really wish I could hear Blake's reaction to what's going on. It's funny because I messaged you in chat and said it too. Yeah. I just Yeah, what did what did you say? Did you say you probably just said game mechanics, right? <laughs> I said it, best yeah. game mechanics. I'm pretty sure. Let me check. Let's, let's see what hold I said. On, hold on, hold on. Let's find out, Robert. Mine doesn't go why mine doesn't go back. Skype is terrible. Oh my god, they updated it again. It's so bad. It's so fucking bad. Like Skype is the only software I've ever used that literally gets worse with every single update. And it makes no sense. Like they really don't know what they're doing with the program. Can you find it? Oh damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I said top three the... I said top three game mechanics. Oh oh okay, okay. Yep. Okay. Well Well here we go. <laughs> I mean, technically, I was right, so... <laughs> well, let's... Okay. <laughs> let's do, um... You want to do, top, do you want to think of yours and do... No, no, it's not going to... I'm not going to... Oh, well, fine, you're, you're willing to make me switch, but you switching, no. Because I'm terrible at thinking, uh... I'm I, my brain is dead, there's no way I could do it on the spot, yeah. I am terrible about thinking of things on the spot, just in general, whether my brain's dead or alive. Like, I cannot do it. I'm like the, I'm like the ultimate shower conversation guy, you know? Like, uh, what? What does that mean? You've never heard of, like, shower arguments where you have, like, where you, like, go through arguments in your own head in the shower and you're like, oh, I've yeah. I've never is, heard it called that, thing. but I know what you're talking about. <laughs> what did you call that? You're the best shower guy? I think, said, I, think I, said, I think I said shower conversation, but I meant shower like... Shower conversation. I think I meant like shower arguments. I don't know what people usually call it. But like that's... like I cannot think of anything on the spot ever, but like I'll be like thinking something to myself like, oh yeah, this is the most awesome thing to say in that situation. But then like you get me in that exact situation, I'm like, uh... Or I do what I do on the podcast where I just talk about the same thing and say the same thing like 15 times in a row <laughs> five minutes. So we'll just have our own separate top top. Uh, yep. Sorry, I, I I it's been a long week. <laughs> hey, it's all good. I'm sure people want to hear exactly what your top three best game mechanics are. You go first, since I've right. been as usual talking. For no, I'll just I'll just we'll go back and forth. Okay. All right. All right. So let's do honorable mentions then. What are your honorable? Oh, honorable mention for best mechanics. Like, I I I you already know what this is gonna be. Like I I did this is specifically I took this off my list so that it's not on my list and made it an honorable mention. Final Fantasy Tactics. Like there's the, there's the just no stuff? way. Look at Lisa. Lisa over there scoffing because. What is it? What mechanic of Final Fantasy Tactics? Oh, let's go with everything. Let let's uh let, let let's think. go with everything. I, no 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 because I was um what did you say Lee? At least wants to know if you're gonna say Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> um, you or me? Tell, I'm doing the worst mechanics. Keep I know that's what she was saying. Ah, I get shit on Robert. I don't like her anymore. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, now I like her. <laughs> so there's just there's just so many small things I love about it. So let, let's just start with the basics. LOS. LOS is such a cool mechanic in that game. Do you remember you? Do you have you? Did you ever calculate height in that game? Dude, I feel like that's the one thing that I didn't like about the game because it was what? never clear. It was never clear whether I had a shot at somebody or not. You do. So you knew how to do math, dude. That's the thing. You had what to do height. 
you it's know, all about never, height. No, but it's not all about height. It's also about whether like something is like at a one degree angle in the way of the guy that you're shooting at, and it's going to hit a, like the tip of a wall before it gets to the guy you're shooting at. Dude, you are doing worse game mechanics. That was a good. No, one. no, 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 no. That that doesn't make any sense to me. Wait, explain what you're saying. In Final Fantasy Tactics, the video game. Oh, okay. Thanks, Chief. Keep going. <laughs> when you're shooting bows and arrows at people, uh huh. It is if they are anywhere near a wall, it is never well. It is rarely clear whether you're going to hit the wall before you hit them. If you're bad, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. Like I've uh-huh. played enough. <laughs> Robert, are you? Is that really upset you that much? No, I'm cool with it. If you're gonna start crying, let me know so I can. <laughs> I was rubbing my eyes. I was just rubbing my eyes. <laughs> there's, there's a bug in my eye. I'm not crying. <laughs> Um, no, so, like, I always love that, like, especially later on once I understood how the mechanics work, if you knew how to use proper angles and knew how to calculate the height differences, you could, like, line up pretty much you any shot. You use proper angles. Sorry, I, I forgot to, ca- I, I didn't have my calculator with me when I played. Well, like, you didn't, you, wait, 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 did you just say you didn't have a calculator? You mm-hmm. could always just make one. Eh? Eh? <laughs> ah, there it is. <laughs> Final Fantasy Tactics joke, that's... Thanks, no, I, I, that was a good one. I handed it to you. You're right. I, the, the biggest thing I like about the game is, is the mechanics of the class. For those listening, that the calculator is a class, is a character class. In Final they League. know. That's the joke. No, it's they don't. You didn't get it. <laughs> oh my gosh, Robert. This podcast is going to be just as long as our normal. All right, I'm moving forward. Anyway. So I'm just going to briefly touch on this. So the thing that I like about it is is uh, primarily is the class mechanics. All the different classes have a variety of mechanics that work very, very well. And if you know what you're doing, it can make you super overpowered and you can actually use them to your advantage. Specifically, like the archer thing I was talking about, um, the way dragoons work with their jump, if you know how to calculate when that person's going to go, you can time your jumps to where it goes off in time. You can also line people up and dragoons can hit two squares at a time. Um, there's just a bunch of stuff with spells because a lot of times spells are queued up so you can like box players in or prevent them from moving so that they automatically get hit by spells and there's just a variety of stuff like that that makes it really really fun and, and even more strategic but that's all I'm going to say about Final Fantasy Tactics because right. it's not my list well, alright do your number 3 top best game mechanics best game mechanics number 3 is going to be Super Metroid uh, we've talked about this game actually a lot I think a couple did who I played one of these recently. Didn't you play one as well, or is it? Was I played. It I played uh, the first Metroid. A few okay, ago. not Super Metroid. So Super Metroid, obviously, if you don't know the title, you're uh, I think I think Blake. I think Blake played it recently. Was it Blake? I played one recently as well. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> if it was you or Blake. No, I'm trying to remember if I talked about it a lot on here. Anyways, anyway. so Super, Super Metroid obviously is is the Samus Aran series. Um, the Super or Super Metroid was for Super Nintendo or. So, yeah, Super Nintendo. I'm freaking it's so out of it right now. Um, and there was like a Super a Super Metroid. Obviously, the first one had had similar mechanics, but they're much more refined in the second one. And um, the the biggest the biggest mechanics in the game were obviously the variety of weapons you could get. Um, you had rockets, you had grenades, you had the the, the roll ball grenades, which were such a unique concept. I, I don't know about you, but I got stuck at so many parts where you had to use the uh, the roll bombs to get through. Do you remember those parts where like yeah 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 you had to break the floor. Dude, that took me yeah. forever to figure or you out. You had to use them to like bounce up just right or something. Yeah. Oh, or, or you had you had to freeze those little car-looking things. 
and then jump on them. Like stuff like that just like completely oh, yeah. bewildered me when I was like at the age for that. But there's just a variety of mechanics that, that were pretty simplistic looking back at it now, but at the time were like, Oh my god, that's so cool. Like the kind of stuff you'd like talk about the next day, like, oh I figured this out and blah 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 blah. But it was just really fun to try and to figure out the variety of secrets throughout the game because you had to use all these different weapons in your arsenal to try and clear your way through it. Certain doors didn't open without missiles. And that was like, oh, shit, the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you see? Like, yeah, exactly. I was like, yeah, so it's just really cool to do that. And obviously, you know, you can jump um, really high, so that gives you another, or gives you another, I guess, mechanic to uh, get through certain parts and in, in certain dungeon aspects of the game. Cool. Um... Yeah, I think that was a that's that's a good that's a good one. My number three worst mechanic is basically the entire gameplay of uh, Dragon's Lair, where you're just huh. supposed to basically guess what button to press or which direction to press at exactly the right time. That's the entire game. Uh, I've I've talked about this game a little. I haven't played this game for the podcast, but I've talked about my hatred for it. Um, it's a beautiful game. It's all, the game looks awesome. The animation is so cool. But that's what it is. It's a cartoon. It's it's an animated thing. It's barely even a game. You walk into a room and like a dragon or a monster pops out or something, and you have to guess what time the developers thought you should push a certain button and which way you should try to dodge <laughs> out of his way or do whatever. And if you don't get it right, then you die. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Abs- yeah. Oh yeah. It's 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 something else. Number two. Uh, my number two is Super Mario RPG for uh, Super Nintendo. So Blake and I have, have talked about the mechanics of these these types of games for a while. They've been reproducing them like over and over and over in a variety of titles. But um, do you know what which mechanics I'm I'm thinking of, Robert? Specifically? No, I haven't. I haven't okay. played it. You should. It's a really, really fun game, and they, they yeah, made a, yeah, a bunch. Of... Anyways, um, so mechanics that, that are really cool, at least specifically with this one, was, you know, it's obviously an RPG game, but they added an, the uh, button timing element. And unlike the game you're talking about, where they don't give you an idea of what, what you actually have to do or when you have to time it, they give you a very obvious answer, and they explain it to you so that if you time your abilities, uh, it allows you to do sort of like a critical hit for the most part. You do, like, bonus damage. Or if you're using, like, super jump, you can you can continuously jump until you make a mistake. And it was really cool because, like, you know, it made combat, it made turn-based combat more exciting. And that's kind of, that's the reason why I like it so much is a lot of people who criticize and don't like turn-based, it added a new element, especially with the super jump, to try and get, you know, people wanted to basically master that ability so they could do, you know, continuous damage. And additionally, the, the mechanics, they, they had a lot on the open world too. There's a lot of, like, objects and stuff you could use, um, to do, to, to do a variety of things. And you can actually engage combat, um, by jumping on the mob's head or hitting it with a hammer or hitting it with an object, and it would actually initiate combat and you would deal the first blow. It's kind of like a, a preemptive attack in like Final Fantasy series. So it was really cool. Like you know, nice. They basically took the RPG element and added something to it to you know, shut everybody up who bitches about turn-based <laughs> style combat. Awesome. <laughs> yep. Cool. My number two worst game mechanic is... <clears throat> this happened... I believe this is... I believe... I've only in, encountered this in two games. Uh, one of them was Leisure Suit Larry, Love oh for Sale, and the other was uh, Harvester, which is uh, point-and-click adventure games that also incorporate text-based commands, where you have to like type in something to do, 
Okay. It's 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 so you know there are a lot of early games are based on you typing in commands, right? Like especially like <clears throat> like text adventures. Uh, where you're like purely reading what's going on on the screen and then you have to give it a command like on what sure. you want the guy to do. Uh, a lot of, well, not a lot. Some, uh, very early point and click adventure games worked the same way. Um, it would, it, it was like the same thing except you just happened to have graphics. So like, especially at really early Sierra games, like the first, uh, the first few King's Quest and Space Quest and Police Quest games. I think Police Quest did this. You'd be walking around, your guys on the screen, but then instead of having like uh, commands that you can do with your mouse, once you get to something that you want to do something with, then you'd have to type in a text command. So that's kind of that's kind of that's kind of terrible on its own. But it was like kind they still hadn't. Well, what my point is at the time, they hadn't completely. When was this made? Uh, uh, early nineties. Mm. So, with those really old games at the time. It's kind of excusable because they're still sort of exploring the territory and haven't really figured out that it's best just to use some sort of like mouse based interface as opposed to having to like guess commands to type in. Sure. But what's what's what makes it so bad about Leisure Suit Larry and Harvester and I'm sure a couple other games do this is that they had both. So it was like they realized that it makes a lot more sense just to give you like options and you click on like like on Monkey Island where you click if you want to look at something you click on look at and then you click on the thing you want to look at or like in Space Quest 4 you can right click and cycle through like the various things like touch or talk to and it and it gives you a talk to icon and you click on something you want to talk to these games okay. are terrible because they realize those that those things help the game and they have those things in there but they also still kept some text stuff in there for some stupid reason that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's like they realized it's a terrible idea and there's that there's a much better way to do things, but they left the terrible idea in there anyway just for some parts of the game. It baffles me. Whenever when it, on the few times I've seen that, I'm like, why? You have the technology to do like good point and click type stuff, but you're still hanging on to having to type in text commands for just some parts of the game. <laughs> That's so funny. What you got for your best game mechanic ever to appear in any video game in the history of the world? Whoa, let's not give it that much of a title. Now, originally, originally I was going to say StarCraft, actually. It's the original StarCraft, just because... What about it? Oh, are you kidding? The mechanics of all the units, how everything ran so smoothly, just like, just having to like control lots of stuff. Yeah, and it was just it was just freaking not actual mechanics. I see what you're doing there, but <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> no, no, that's um, not, no, no. I meant, that's I meant like just having. Like, <laughs> I thought you were hinting at like actual mechanics, like APS. <laughs> no, no. I mean, oh yeah, like doable I mean, stuff. Like, no. I meant like how you have to like control millions of things all at one time and be constantly jumping around like that's part of the skill yeah add one more thing to it and then we'll call it warcraft warcraft 3 the that warcraft 3 i think is is one of the most mechanically sound oh games. nice yeah dude like warcraft like i i've only played it a lot all right sorry i played it a little bit as a child and i played it a lot more when i got older and um so if you haven't played warcraft 3 imagine if you played starcraft where you have like an rts kind of you know you're building stuff and um, you're controlling your microing units. 
But imagine you like also have units, heroes. You're building, you're building multiple pl- uh, bases all over the yeah. place. You're trying to protect all the bases at once. You're trying to build stuff while attacking the enemy and defending your own stuff and controlling millions of units. But Warcraft, on top of everything that StarCraft has, has heroes. And if you if you have played World of Warcraft, that's what obviously where where those heroes come from. So if you're playing a shaman type character, he has very similar to shaman abilities that they do in World of Warcraft. Um, obviously with the rest of the classes as well. But they also have experience. They also can pick up relics and and armor and items, and you can equip the items, and you get money to use to build buildings, to create smaller units, and you can level up your heroes. And it's like all these mechanics work so perfectly, and they balance the game pretty damn well. There was you could play on dead, yeah. you could play orcs, you could play like it was just insane and. And yeah, they had like, four races, oh. which was awesome. Yeah, it was like insane. It was like, are you kidding me? And this is on top of being an RTS. Like it was yeah. just nuts. And so like, it it was just so mechanically sound, and there were so many cool things, and you know, there was just a variety of different tactics and strategies, and it's just it's been around for a long time, and and I'm really hyped because there's a rumor they're gonna make Warcraft four, and it's just been on my mind for a while, and I, I just thought it fit like perfectly for something like this. Like that's oh, a really that's a really good one. Yeah, on top of having to control that stuff, you had the uh, the, the heroes, which were like, like you said, it's, they were kind of like RPG, like you leveled them up throughout the game, and like you only could have one at a time. You could only ever have one like for a game, right? Could you ever? Get I think a second... you, you could have multiple ones, but you they only they didn't one? share experience. So okay, there was it depends on your game type, I believe. It's been a while since I played. But, yeah, I can't remember uh, if you could have just one or more than one. But like, yeah, they would level up, and you can get them items like by yeah, doing exactly to make them stronger. They could get more abilities. So so along with like managing all the other things, then you had these few special guys that like had their own abilities and you had to like manage like them individually separate from everything else and like see what, like make sure they're not getting killed make sure they're getting experience, make sure they're casting the right spells and stuff. And they're not dying while managing your base while managing. It's just like, are you mm-hmm. shitting me? Yeah, that was awesome. I, I remember like some people complaining about it back in the day, like, like, Oh, they're trying to cram RPG elements into a, uh, Real time strategy game, but like I, I got, I gotta agree with you. Like I feel like they handled it really well, and it added a whole another like really fun element to the game. Mm-hmm. It really did. I really enjoyed it. That was a good one. Y- y- um, my last one, my number one worst game mechanic is, I was gonna say the one that gave me the idea for this was uh, Resident Evil tank controls. Where oh my god, <laughs> where oh. to control your character and make him walk or run in any direction, uh, like up, always makes him go forward regardless of which direction he's facing. So like, you know, in Resident in the Resident Evil games, they're very or they're they're pretty cinematic. So like, it's different camera angles depend like that you're looking at your character from depending on what room you're in. The camera doesn't follow the character anywhere. It just sits static uh, from different places in different rooms. And whatever direction your character happens to be facing, you press up and they walk in the direction they're facing. To get them to turn, you got to stop walking, press to the side. They basically spin in a circle, and then you press forward again to get them to walk (laughs) forward again. Uh, So that alone is terrible, and it also leads to, like, the kind of, like, classic thing people do when they're kind of like trying to like do funny like takes on video games where you're like uh rubbing up against a wall while trying to run somewhere you know what i'm talking about because you're not like because you can't get them facing just right and it's not worth the effort to stop running to get them pointed just right so you're running like 40 at a 45 degree angle in a wall like (laughs) like against the wall but kind of running to the side at the same time uh 
that's pretty terrible. But that very control scheme was pretty much inspired by Alone in the Dark, which uses the exact same control, which uses the exact same control type, but it also takes it one level worse, which is the attack method. I, I talked about this when I played uh, Alone in the Dark for the podcast like a while back. Uh, in Alone in the Dark, not only do you have the tank controls, but you have an action button, okay? Uh, so if you want to open up a chest, you walk up to it and you press the action button. But mm-hmm. you you have to go into a menu to choose what the action button does. So if you want the action button to be the open button, you have to go to the menu system, uh, assign open to the action button, and then get out of the menu system, go up to it, and press spacebar, which is the action button. The action button is also the attack button. So if you have it mapped to open, but you come across the bad guy, then you got to go into the menu, change your action to attack really quick, and then get back out of the menu and then start pressing spacebar to attack the guy. Then to take it even a next level worse, to attack, you don't even just press the attack button. You have to hold the attack button and then press, like, a direction on the keypad. Are you that terrible. upset right now? I was going to say... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the worst. I can't think of any game mechanics that have ever come across that are worse <laughs> than those of Alone in the Dark. It was a pretty cool game for the time, but man, its controls are absolutely terrible in pretty much every way. <laughs> That's so funny. That I really want to hear it. Yeah, it, it's, it is awful. I want to hear what Blake's were for these. I wonder if he's going to have a list for us that he can share on the next episode. I'm curious myself, actually. Our next top three, we'll let Blake know about this, is... Uh, well, he's not joining the podcast anymore, he said. <laughs> three awesome ideas, just our best ideas for mixing up. We're taking a game franchise or a game, uh, giving it, putting it in an, in an entirely different genre to create something potentially awesome, but probably stupid. Send us yours. Mail at ClassicGamingPodcast.com. Or you can tweet them at us at ClassGamesCast. But now it's time for emails. We only have one. We're starting to get a little bit low on the emails again. Uh, We're going to start reading this ads is from, then. This is from, yeah, I know. This is from our old pal Jeffrey, who's Jeffrey. written in a lot lately. In fact, Jeffrey like sent us a tweet and said, Hey, uh, is it cool that I keep sending you guys emails, or do you want me to lay off for a little while? I said no. What do you please. think, Jeffrey? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, what do you think, Jeffrey? Please keep sending them. Plus, your emails are good. Um, does he like you? But, huh? Does he like you? I, th- I don't remember. I can't remember if he's one We're of the about ones to find out. who, uh, <laughs> who like tells me to go kill myself or I, I really can't remember, but, but I'm happy to read his emails regardless. <laughs> right now, Jeffrey is definitely our coolest listener because he emails us the most. So if you want to be like, if you also want to be a cool listener, you got to send us an email. All right. Keep going, Robert. Anyways. Jeffrey says, uh, the, the subject line is hump day. Nice. He says, when you guys were talking about parents potentially naming their child Turok on the last episode, it brought something to mind for me. My good friend, 
had a friend named David that I never liked. He was a crude idiot, demeaning to women, etc. He impregnated some girl, and they named their son Ganon. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. I haven't read this email yet, by the way. Uh, freaking Ganon. <laughs> not just... Not, <laughs> not just a video game. I love how he starts talking... I love how he premises this with how terrible of a person the guy is in the first place. Yeah. Not just a video game character, but the main villain of a notable franchise. Link, I could see. But Ganon? I guess I can't talk since my youngest son's middle name is shared with a villain I despise above all others. His middle his middle name is Robert. <laughs> Get shit okay, on that. Yeah, Jeff, yeah, Jeffrey's one of the ones who doesn't like me. Uh, <laughs> also, I've started back at the beginning to listen through all of your episodes. Oh, no. And... I'm not going to listen. <laughs> and to Jeffrey. Jeffrey? Jeffrey who? And I don't know if Rob remembers, but he talked about a weird computer game where you talked to a psychiatrist and he talked back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, Dr. Spatzo was the name of the game. It came with, uh, if you bought a Sound Blaster card, the Sound Blaster card came with, like, a few games to kind of, like, test out the sound. Like, just to kind of, like, not test out the sound, but, like, to demonstrate how good the sound was. And Dr. Spatzo was one of them. It was basically sort of gave you, like, a command line and you were, like, typing in... Dr. Spitzer was supposedly a psych- psychiatrist, and you would type in things to him, and he would, like, uh, respond with, like, you know, obviously canned responses, but uh, he would, like, respond to you and say certain things and ask you questions, but the response came out in a voice, and it was, like, to show off how awesome Sound Blaster was. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely remember that. Um, Jeffrey says, I had that game when I was 9 or 10, and I usually just tried to get him to curse or respond to sex stuff. <laughs> that's actually i did a lot of that too like if you told him to say something he would say whatever you told him to say mm-hmm. so like i'd be at a friend's house and like tell him to say something like incredibly obscene like about one of my friends or something like that and dr space would be like he would just like say it in his dr space robot voice uh but yeah jeffrey used used it the right way apparently i also had a game called drug wars where you try oh yeah i had, I had this on my calculator uh, drug wars where you tried to buy drugs at a low price in bulk at one of the boroughs and then sell them at a higher price. You also had to avoid cops and other drug dealers. It was text-based, a bit like the Oregon Trail, but with heroin instead of dysentery. <laughs> was it weird that my parents let a 10-year-old play drug wars? Are you guys ever here? Any of you guys ever hear of or play that game? Um, I think it is weird that your parents let you play it at 10 years old. Yeah. When I played drug when I played drug wars, I had it on my TI-82 in high school, and like there wasn't any. I don't think there was uh, any part where you could get like busted by the cops. I think it was purely uh, maybe there was actually, but yeah, it was like it was purely text based, and you'd go to different areas and like see what drugs are on sale or are for sale there, are being sold there, and if there was something really cheap, then you try to buy it and hold on to it until you find it, until you went somewhere and found where they're going for really expensive. And you have, like, 30 days or something just to, like, see how much money you can make. Um, I didn't know that it was actually based on a real game. I thought it was just, like, some something that somebody whipped up purely just to play on calculators at school. But, yeah, I've definitely played Drug Wars before. Uh, did you ever – I guess I take it – No. I haven't played that. 
Um, <clears throat> he says, as for top three... Okay, here's his top three worst game mechanics. See, he got it right. Number three, I I haven't gotten to this part of this game yet. This is me talking. Uh, but I'm scared to even hear what it is. Oh, no, I do know what this is. Kingdom Hearts Gummy Ship. Yeah. I remember the Gummy Ship. You remember the Gummy Ship? Oh, yeah. God, that was such a... Speaking of shitty mechanic. Yeah, that was terrible. I almost, I forgot for a second that that was like the little ship you fly to get from place to place. I was thinking it was like, it sounds like a stage or something. But uh, yeah, the gummy ship was terrible in Kingdom Hearts. I agree there. Number two, uh, Alundra had a horrible platforming element. It's a uh-huh. Zelda-like act. He says it's a Zelda-like action game. Yeah, I haven't heard of it either. There was a dash that you had to charge up, and if you jumped while dashing, you jumped further. Sometimes you had to charge, dash a very short distance, and then jump at a very precise point. It was supposed to be a good game that just ended up pissing me off. Yeah, that sounds that sounds pretty terrible. I don't think I'd have patience for that. Then is number one. He says, Chrono Cross had some kind of elemental color grid system. Yeah, it was not where, Really? It was really simplistic. He says where you had to use the right types of color-coded spells in the right sequence to be more effective. It was very yeah, annoying. That's all it was. <laughs> it was very annoying. That combined with the fact that your attacks missed a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Frequently missing attacks in an RPG really gets to me. Great music, though. Yeah, it was great music. That's what I remember Blake saying. But uh doesn't sound like the uh, elemental thing is very fun. It's rough. Uh, I, I definitely agree about also the attacks missing thing. Uh, like it reminds me of Fallout 1, where you're fighting a rat and you swing a knife at him and miss like 70% of the time, so it takes like 20 turns to kill a rat. Yep. Yeah, that's, I, I, I'm with you there, Jeffrey. And then he finishes up, he says, uh, this reminds me, have you guys done a top three video game soundtracks yet? I think we have. Yes, we did. Um, I don't remember if you have. Uh, surprising considering how often you reference the music in games. If you do it in a future episode, you should leave Final Fantasy Tactics out since it would be on all three lists. Later dudes, happy hump, later dudes, happy hump day. Um, all I remember is that I'm pretty sure Chrono Cross was on Blake's. Yeah, uh, I know that good. the music for the first Secret of Monkey Island was on mine. Of course. Uh, I really don't remember what else. Uh, off the top of my head, F Zero had awesome music. Oh, you know what? Uh, I think Mickey Mousecapades was on mine. Mappy Land had sick music too. Of course, Tetris. Oh yeah. Oh, and Super Mario Two. Oh, that did have really good music. That had the best. Yeah, I, I think. I think I probably just repeated, like, my list and all of my honorable mentions. And anybody else's. <laughs> yeah. Super Mario 2 has a, has amazing music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's it for... That's it for emails, unfortunately. People don't really love us as much as they tell us they do, I guess. Isn't that what you get out of this? A little bit. Blake, I mean, wow, I just called you Blake. Please didn't call me Blay. Yeah, it's better than Blay. Uh, real quick, let's do classic or current gaming subcast. What new games 
Actually, I have it. That's the sad thing. Oh, the hiccups, goddammit. Dude, mm. uh, two weeks ago, I had the hiccups literally for 24 hours. Oh, no, dude. You got to eat a lot of peanut butter. It, uh, no, nothing works. Oh, dude, try peanut butter. It's like the only way that works for me. No joke. I think it was because I had gone to the pool and, like, Catherine was, like, wanted to play surfboard on top of me, which involves me laying down at the bottom of the water and her Catherine's sticking your on my back. Wife. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> uh, no. My six-year-old wanted to keep playing this game where I go to the bottom, lay there for as long as I can while she stands on my back. And I think I got like, kill you? I think I got like way too much water like in my head and ears and nose and stuff. And like, I think that may have had something to do with it because <sighs> we got back that evening and I hiccuped until the following evening. Oh, Roberto. Anyway, so you haven't been playing any games? No, I haven't, actually. It's a weird thing. You just made me realize uh, that. Made me sad. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've been playing... I've been playing a fair bit of uh, Heroes of the Storm. I've been doing that a little bit, but I've talked about that game before. Now that I finally got my... Uh, my account got locked because like I lost my authenticator. Oh, yeah. For, for uh, Battle.net. So I finally got that worked out so I can play Blizzard games again. And, uh, I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. It's like, when you, when you describe, when people describe it, it sounds like a, uh, like a, like a scrub version of League of Legends. But it's really like, I mean, and it kind of is, I guess, in some ways, but it's really tons of fun. Like, there are mm-hmm. some balanced things that kind of still need to be worked out. But, like, I feel like it's kind of like, I, it's not a, it's, it's, I feel like it's a faster-paced version of League of Legends more than anything else. And I think that's why it kind of comes across when you describe it as it sounds like easy mode League of Legends. Mm -hmm. But it's really just like more kind of faster-paced to me. Uh, I get tired of it. That's the problem. Really? I don't. I I, I could keep on going with it. Like, I really don't have that problem. Like, the games are nice because you don't have to set aside 45 minutes to play a single game. The games usually take like more like 25 minutes. Uh, it's got a good way of like easing you into each character. You can't like use all their abilities the first time you use them. You have to like level them up outside of each independent game, just to, just like once or twice, just to open up all their abilities. So it gives you like it works you into the learning curve, so it doesn't just throw you in. Um, so that's kind of I think what makes it seem like kind of like easy mode to a lot of people. But like once you kind of learn the heroes and what they do and everything, the, the actual game play and the game mechanics are, mm-hmm. I feel like they're, they do a lot of really cool, really fun stuff. A little bit faster paced. I'm, I'm having, I'm really enjoying it. Good. I'm probably better than you are. I will fucking destroy you with that game. Are you kidding me? You want to view one of you me? I think that's the only new game that I've been playing. The only other game I've been playing is the one I'm working on for the podcast for next time. Hoo-hoo. I'm gonna keep that one a secret for now. I don't think it's. I think it's gonna be a couple more episodes till I finish it. It's a longer game. That out of the way. I think we're done with this episode. Wow, we're what? under two hours. Wow. Oh, well, it's only if you stop talking. Oh yeah, that not guaranteed yet. Exactly. Anything else? Anything else we need to go over? Uh, I think so. So next episode's top three is. Mix up game franchises into different genres that you think would be crazy, wacky, awesome, funny, hilarious. 
or just neat. Mm-hmm. Go to pixelnachos.com right now. Send some money to After School All-Stars. Get yourself thrown into the hat for the sick prizes we're going to be giving away. You might even get a pizza if you do that. Isn't that right? I'm down. Dude, I'm going to fucking or, donate so I get a pizza. You can donate to get a pizza, or you can force me to, or you can maybe force me to buy some ridiculous console and play some terrible games on it. Ugh. Plumbers don't wear ties, Robert. I kind of hope, I actually sort of hope that happens. Oh, God. Don't sick. say that. How much does plumbers don't wear ties go for? I'm looking it up. Probably a lot. It's 3DO, right? Don't wear yeah. Radio system. Uh, plumbers don't actually not that bad. Plumbers don't wear ties. Uh, this one has ended, but this one's two years ago. One sold for seventy-five dollars. Wait, here, whoa, 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 hold on. Here's a couple that are, <laughs> are super expensive. Okay, here's a buy. <laughs> here's a buy it now. Plumbers don't wear ties for two hundred and thirty dollars. Well, have fun with that, Robert. I, uh, hey, I, anything goes, just keep the total under 600, or I might be willing to go a little bit above it just for the sake of... Why would you say that? Oh my god, Robert. I don't know. That's a good question. We, we, we need to stop this episode. Yep. Alright. Thanks everybody for listening. Once again, go to pixelnachos.com. Uh, all the details for how everything works and what all the different tiers are and what the different prizes are, it's all there. Uh, send everybody you know over there as well. Uh, just e- even if they don't care about, you know, maybe coming on the podcast or whatever, just just tell them to donate some money to uh, After School <laughs> Starts. We're going to see how much we can raise, hoping we can do something awesome. Uh, like I said, this is kind of experimental. Hope it turns out really well. We're going to see how it goes. Get on there right now. Donate some money. If you can't do it right now, write yourself a reminder and uh, make it happen. See you guys in maybe just one week this time. Depends on Blake. Yeah, it depends on Blake. Peace out. Peace. Wow, I don't, I've never said that before. Yeah, I know you sounded really well.